Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh! Wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis. A right hand by Holyfield. By Boston Douglas. Look at this. He's knocked by Tyson down for the first time in his career. But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Crunch! Say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. Weak steps in. And the fight is over. Oh! Welcome back to the Legendary Nights podcast, The After Show. This is the first after show of the year for Legendary Nights. It's been a while. It's been over a year, in fact, since the last time we did a Legendary Nights after show and series in general. And I'm delighted to be joined again by the After Show co-host, Luke. Luke, thank you so much for putting the time aside, most importantly, to spend time with me talking about some of these great fights and some of these nostalgic moments that we're going to cover. Yeah, it, it's fun, man. It makes me feel uh, old and young again. It's a unique experience. And this first episode is all about the tale of Lewis and Tyson, and and certainly nostalgia is the word that will get thrown around quite a lot with something like this, because me and you, uh, and Johnston as well, are, are all have similar age. We're all in the same sort of age bracket, so for us... This brings back many sort of mixed emotions in, in many different ways. Uh, I talked about it on the main show. I remember, you know, when this happened, 2002, I was 16 years of age. I'd, I think I'd just finished school at that point. I finished high school and uh, I think the World Cup was on as well. I remember Johnston mentioning that about the World Cup in football or soccer. And it was just a really good time in life. It was a time in life where, for me personally, I didn't have any cares in the world, so to speak. And... Um, as a boxing fan, most importantly, this was where I was probably full flow 
into what I enjoyed in the sport and, and who I knew and who the big players were and you know who the who the guys were that I wanted to follow and who the ones were that were starting to emerge from this period of time. So coming to you, Luke, yeah, I just want to know what your memories are personally of, of this period of time in your life, but also obviously as a boxing fan. Great question, because I think that's very, I think Tyson is symbolic of like my early two. I think this fight in particular was like, now I'm an adult because Tyson was kind of like the superhero of my childhood, the figure that captured my interest into boxing. And this was when I realized like, it is probably over. Like the magic of my childhood, the magic of Tyson, it is over after this fight. And it kind of ran around my 21st birthday. It ran through me going to college. College was kind of depressing. Like a lot of times people were like, man, it was the best times of my year. College was not the best times of my year, sadly. I probably just picked the wrong college to go to. So it was a lot of uh, um, kind of like, honestly, it felt like a lot of like people kind of telling me I was failing. A lot of the people telling me I wasn't really doing decisions to make financial financial gains or to do anything kind of sound like a loser and then this went right along with me feeling that way watching probably like the most impactful childhood boxer besides Bernard Hopkins suffer his most humiliating defeat so that's what I remember about this and the fight itself was a fight that was a collision course and a path that was always there it just it took its time to eventually get to the end goal because these two guys, as we explained in the main episode, these two met when they were 16, 17 years old at the Catskills, sparring, really good friends. There was a good relationship behind it. And they had two brilliant, brilliant trainers and brilliant minds behind them. And, you know, it was eventual that these two would meet. But you would have expected, like, 96, 97 was the peak time for them both to me that would for me have been the ideal time for these two guys to meet because I think that's where Lewis is really starting to come into fruition as a heavyweight champion obviously he avenges his loss to Oliver McCall comes back and Mike Tyson comes out of prison has a a couple of layover fights and then gets in with Evander Holyfield and ultimately the negotiations around the time were for Lewis and Tyson to fight but eventually Lewis wouldn't have that fight. Tyson would go on and fight Evander Holyfield twice and we would get what we would get out of that. But in a, in an ideal world, in a, an alternative reality, I think we would have loved to have seen that fight around 96, 97, wouldn't we? Well, I think that's kind of like the thing for me. Lennox Lewis, I think, is obviously, I shouldn't say obvious because that's how you prove that you're an idiot, but he's a top five heavyweight ever, in my opinion. And I think the reason he doesn't get the credit is he missed out on all those impactful heavyweight fights, at least to me. And when he was the best version of himself, it was like Riddick Bowe, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, and somehow Lewis, even he never seemed to be in that mix. And I always forget that he's the same age as those guys, because in my brain, I almost think he's the era after when he was the best of that era. When you think about the the time that we're talking about now, we're talking about the early 90s going into the mid 90s and late 90s just basically the whole 90s as a as a heavyweight scene you think of Tyson at the beginning of the decade getting shocked by Buster Douglas his career going into absolute spiral because of the fact that he gets convicted of rape goes to prison 
at the time, Evander Holyfield comes along, beats Buster Douglas, and then you get the trilogy with Riddick Bowe. Riddick Bowe doesn't want to fight Lennox Lewis. All the while, Lennox Lewis is fighting the likes of Frank Bruno, uh, losing to Oliver McCall, coming back, having some really, really good fights, including Tommy Morrison, who was in the mix around that time. Of course, George Foreman, we can't forget about his second career in the 90s, becoming heavyweight champion in 1994. We get to the mid-90s, 96, and you're looking at a Mike Tyson who becomes the WBC heavyweight champion, beating Frank Bruno, defends against Bruce Seldon, and then you're thinking to yourself, this is the time where these two guys should meet. Essentially, Lennox is the other best heavyweight. Aside from Tyson and Evander Holyfield, they were the three. So Tyson goes on, has the two fights with Evander Holyfield, who, who causes real ruptures in the heavyweight division because... Not a lot of people felt that he would beat Mike Tyson and, and bully him the way that he did and put him to a point where he had to do what he did in terms of biting a piece of Holyfield's ear off. So what that shown the world at this point was that what we didn't really appreciate and, and, and understand was that Mike Tyson wasn't the same Mike Tyson. Because of the original fights he has when he comes out of prison, people automatically think because he's blowing these fighters away... This is Mike Tyson. In fact, people thought he were better than what he were before he went to prison. So this hype that surrounds Tyson then gets gets blown up, really, in his face because of that. And all the while, Lennox Lewis is continuing on, plugging away until he gets to Holyfield in 99. And, and they have their two fights, the first being one of the most controversial decisions in the sport, with it being a draw, the first fight between Lewis and Holyfield. So... Just going back again, Lukey, and thinking about that period of time following Tyson's release from prison and going into the fights of Holyfield and then Lewis going to Holyfield, what what are your memories of that time and, and what did it tell you about Mike at that time? Well, let me set the stage for you. So I remember being in a chain pizza parlor in America, small town, playing Street Fighter II, the video game, thinking it was the most revolutionary thing in the world. Every now and then there was X-Men game where you have to pick the one and then you're the character and you can only be at a certain slot four person game every now and then there was a teenage mutant ninja turtles or the simpsons game and my grandfather loved mike tyson he was a boxer he got me into boxing and he said he was the greatest heavyweight he had ever seen so i remember the folklore of being a child who had only seen this vhs tape of mike tyson so his release date coincided with my parent my grandparents getting cable television at the time and everyone was talking about the fight when Mike came back. Oh my God, he's back. And yes, as you said, we found out that people will argue about the end of time. Was he good or what What was it? The fact of the matter is when he came back, the focus wasn't the same to some extent. What I remember about Tyson was he was a sporting icon on the same level as guys like Ken Griffey Jr. He was probably the last relevant. Remember, well, you probably have never heard this, but there used to be a question in America like, if you get knocked out, uh, who's the heavyweight champion of the world? That used to be such an um, an answerable question to most people that if you were knocked out, you should be able to answer that. Mike Tyson at that time is probably the last relevant answer. Maybe Evander Holyfield because he beat Tyson, but he was basically the last relevant heavyweight I can remember in America that crossed over and mattered to people at large. And Lennox Lewis, if we're being honest, I think never really found a niche in the sport. He never found a group, whether it was a country or a fan base. He was more of a hardcore fans 
favorite fighter based off of great talent. Nope. Let's see. Based off great talent. And um, I just remember it. The I just remember Tyson people being excited and Lewis being like, okay, he'll inevitably get to it. But there was no sense of urgency for that fight to ever be made. With Lewis, he didn't have that same recognition as maybe the other heavyweights did at the time. Because I do say this when I say American heavyweight boxing at that time was was on top of the world. And despite us Brits maybe not wanting to overly admit that, that was that was the reality of the situation. All the American heavyweights you think of of the nineties, you know, they were all the relevant ones. You had the Riddick Bowes, even the Buster Douglases, the Tysons, the Evander Holyfields, the Tommy Morrisons of the world, the returning George Foreman, Michael Mora. You know, these are all guys that, that played through the nineties. And then you get some of your guys that were starting to come through you know in towards the late I think Shannon Briggs when he started to come through at this point he had a really good fight with Lennox Lewis in 1998 a really tough fight that Lennox had with Shannon Briggs and you think about Lewis obviously he has this sort of mixed uh, nationality and and his story is, is totally different but the path he was on was kind of like you had all these brash American heavyweights sort of standing at the front of the queue, you know, all talking, what they're going to do to each other. While in the background, you had someone like Lennox Lewis kind of just chipping away, getting the victories, not making as much noise as the other fighters, but essentially putting himself into the position to eventually become recognised as the best heavyweight on the planet. And in the lead-up to the eventual 2002 Tyson fight, you had the wins over well the win over Evander Holyfield which really I think catapulted him into that moment because you think of where Tyson was Tyson comes out of prison every go and goes Tyson is the best Tyson's going to rule the heavyweight division once more oh no Evander Holyfield's just beating him so now Evander Holyfield's the best heavyweight on the planet Lennox Lewis comes along and completely upsets that and beats Evander Holyfield and then now he's the best heavyweight on this planet now, from the period of 99 up until 2002 when Tyson comes into the foray for this fight, there's nobody really around at this point that's providing that legitimate threat to Lennox Lewis anymore. So Lennox finally gets his due, I'd say, around late 99, early 2000. But I think because a lot of the fighters from the 1990s start, start to die off a little bit, so the likes of Riddick Bowe, and even the likes of Holyfield and all these fighters that we remember, Tommy Morrison, for example, you know, all these, George Foreman, another one, like all these fighters I've mentioned before, they would know where really to be seen in the year 2000 up until 2002. So it was like a an end of an era and kind of Lewis and Tyson and Holyfield really, for me, signified the end of that great 1990s heavyweight scene. Yeah, and I think that what I also think about is like, people really wanted Tyson to be the guy. And then when Holyfield beat him, it was like, okay, let's see Mike run it back. And then the bite happens, which I think Tyson got headbutted and knew it was going to be another grueling hard fight and was just friggin' so mad he lost his temper because I think he just felt Holyfield was such a dirty fighter. And because he was a polite, polite guy, he kind of played an angel. But in the ring, he was, I think it was like he felt like he was dirty. And then Lewis, I feel like, was a guy that was, just a aw shucks in the background. Yes, he's accomplished, but one of these guys is going to beat Lewis and that's going to be the generational guy. And I think it's kind of a weird thing because it's like we look, or I tend to look at it from my memory. I'm not going to say we, 
as there's Tyson and then the division gradually went down a hill and then it gets to Lewis, where it's really unfair in context because it really should be Tyson at his time, Holyfield gave him fits, and then Lewis emerged as that guy of the era. But I almost look at it as Lewis wins and then kind of everything kind of goes down and we've been looking for the next great heavyweight since. Klitschko kind of filled the void. Fury kind of filled the void. Maybe Usyk kind of fills the Holyfield void. But we we haven't had that dominant personality that kind of brings life to the sport. I think people were hoping Joshua would be that. But I, I think that that cause is kind of lost at this point. Um, and I think that that's unfair because Lewis deserves a lot of credit. But this is a sport of entertainment. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think because he didn't bring that entertainment value and people created such deep connections with Tyson, his legacy is always going to be remembered. Great fighter, but I don't really remember. And that it's a little unfair, but I think that's true. Well, in the lead up, so obviously Lewis and Tyson fighting in 2002, you know, Tyson has his issues. He gets uh, banned from the sport for a period of time after the, the bike fight, of course. He eventually returns to the ring. And you can kind of see the downfall is, is quite dramatic. The spiral is quite dramatic at this point. I remember him coming over to, to England to fight in England for, for the first time as a professional. It was it was huge. Like I'm based in Manchester. That's where I was born and bred. That's where I live. And I remember him coming to Manchester to fight Julius Francis and the... The crowds of people that were there to get a look at Mike Tyson, despite the fact that it was obvious of the downfall that he was on at the time, people wanted to see him. He was that crossover star, like you mentioned. People just wanted to get a glimpse of him, just to touch him on the shoulder from the crowd or whatever it was. He came over, he had two fights here in the UK. He had one in Manchester with Julius Francis and the uh, infamous one with Lou Savarese where he eventually punched the referee trying to get to Savarese as the referee steps in to end the fight. And then, of course, that's where he puts his audible in, his big speech about how his style is impetuous, his defence is impregnable, how he wants to eat Lennox's heart, how he wants to eat his children... It was that monologue of Tyson's that really then set the train rolling 
massively for that fight to happen. But even at that time, people still believed that Mike Tyson was the guy that was going to beat Lewis and be once again on top of the heavyweight division. I don't believe everybody felt like that. But at that time, again, we were in a period of life where things that exist today don't exist. Accessibility, media didn't exist the way it does now. So you can understand why a lot of fans out there would be led to believe and feel like Mike Tyson maybe was that guy who was going to return triumphantly as the heavyweight champion. What was your perception at this time? Try and think back to that period of time, not as the educated, intelligent individual that you are now with this sport, but going back to that period of time and really thinking about what was your perception of Mike Tyson going into a potential Lewis fight? Entertainment would be my first answer because remember my first relationship was one of the greatest NES video games, Mike Tyson punch out. Then I'd been watching VHS tapes. Then I'd watched him beat up guys that he probably shouldn't be in the ring with, but I didn't know any better and they were fun and the buildup was great. And he always said crazy things. And even if, even, even if he did things that were controversial, there was something entertaining about Tyson. So at this point, I was getting a little frustrated with the sport of boxing because you couldn't always trust that the words of the fighters would match their results in the ring. I felt a very deep connection with Mike when he said something, he was going to do it. In context, I think Mike fought for 20 years and early in his career, he said that he wanted to fight for 20 years because in COVID, I went back and watched that. And I think it's when you look back at this part of his career as an educated fan, you go, oh, maybe he was trying to get to that number. But for me at this time, it was Mike Tyson signifies what a real fighter is, but he's also a larger than life personality who transcends the sport of boxing. I think that to me, Mike Tyson signified strength to me and in a way kind of courage and resiliency. So Mike Tyson wasn't just a boxer or a fighter. He was a symbol of other things that he brought into the ring. Like so to me, he symbolized someone who had been bullied and was tired of being bullied, and he is now strong. This is what I did to overcome being bullied, and I think a lot of people still go to gyms and wear his shirts because they feel that energy of, this is strength. Tyson means strength, and I think that unknowingly, that resonated the most with me. And if you go back to this period of time as well, it's it's really... It's mad to think like how perceptions of, of individuals can change uh, as time goes on because doing the episode on Lewis and Tyson, we learn a lot more of the stories surrounding Tyson. Now, if you haven't already read any of the literature around Tyson, he's book or seen any of the long interviews or documentaries that have been done on him and there was one done on Lennox Lewis that came out in 2020, a really good one and a lot of it was surrounding this particular fight and I think when you sort of think about all this stuff that was going on at the time, you didn't really fully comprehend what was actually going on behind the curtain with people like Tyson and Lewis. You didn't really know, like, you just thought Mike was a, a mad as a box of frogs. Like, the stuff he was saying, you just think, oh, it's just this is just Tyson, this is just what he is, this is part of his psyche, it's part of his persona. What you didn't realise is that the guy was, was constantly going out partying, he was on drugs... He was doing the worst things a boxer could possibly do in preparation for some of the biggest fights of his life. But going into this Lewis fight specifically, it really, for me, 
it took a massive downturn in his mental health as an individual and you didn't realize it at the time it's only doing the episode that we've done for legendary nights and reliving the stories and understanding it from mike's perspective and lennox's perspective that you can truly understand like looking back on it now it, it actually seems quite of a sad story really with tyson more than it obviously does with lewis you, you think of lewis and you think it actually makes lewis better with time it, it puts him in a better light over time whereas i think with tyson you just you feel sadness because you think there was nobody around him at the time that had his best interests at heart and wanted to put a shoulder around him and try and pull him out of this abyss that he was sinking into it feels really sad looking back on it and, and that's kind of a lot of what i take away from leading up to the fight and of course in a minute we'll speak about some of the mad infamous moments that happened in the lead up to it but it feels very much a Tyson Tyson-esque episode because I think he's the one that essentially had that big draw within him regardless of the fact that Lewis was champion regardless of the fact Lewis was at his arguably at his peak some say he was slightly past his peak at the time of fight but we kind of knew that Tyson was on the decline but all the stuff that he was doing outside of the ring all the stuff that he was saying in interviews doing at press conferences i think we all just kind of felt that was just tyson i don't think a lot of people really realized how bad things were getting for him outside the ring yeah i mean it's tyson's a very tragic figure um and i also think that he was so far gone at that point that even if someone probably tried to put an arm around him and a shoulder around him, I don't think that he would have listened at that point because I think that it had gone so, there had been so much basically bad that had happened. Oh, there had been so much bad that had happened. I just think that Tyson was on a path of self-destruction at this point. I don't think that he was going to be saved to a certain extent. Lewis kind of reminds me of a college professor who has a distinguished career, but it's not really notable. But you look at his accomplishments. Oh, he's a NASA scientist. Oh, he has this accolade. Tyson, I think, is almost like a um, Shakespeare tragedy. You know, we wanted the best, but then we see the destruction. And then seeing someone who was the greatest then become like so humiliated and then rebuild himself in the public eye. I think that's what's always made a deeper connection for Tyson with the fans. Whereas Lewis... It's almost hard to fathom being as talented as him and as steady as him and as boring as him. It's kind of like what your parents want you to become. And it's like there's a level of inadequacy, I feel, when dealing with a Lewis because he's so good and so sound at what he does. You almost go, well, why can't I just be a Lennox Lewis? I guess I'm just not good enough. The humanity in some of these fighters, I think, is also what what draws people to them, right? We want a flaw here and there because I think that we're all deeply flawed. We know an alcoholic. We know someone spiraling out of control. We don't know perfection often. When you look back at the period of time and you look at the infamous press conference to announce the fight and, and, and the crazy brawl that happens and, you know, the tirade that he goes on against one journalist who shouts at him. And, you know, we, we read that monologue out on the show, on the main episode. And part of me sort of still laughs at it because I just think oh, it's just... It's crazy Tyson, but then another part of me feels a little bit sad because I know like now that he was really struggling, really suffering, and this was just him sort of expressing those emotions in the only way he kind of knew how at the time. It's like it, it was it was quite sad. But leading into this fight, everybody's thinking 
Tyson's going to win this. Tyson's going to be the guy to beat Lewis. And all the while, Lewis really isn't getting any any credit, so to speak, because people think that Tyson is 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 ready. He's back. He's going to do it again. We all. It's like this rinse and repeat cycle with Tyson. You get in, get hyped into the fact that you know he looks good. He has a few fights. He looks great against these guys, and then he's all of a sudden he's ready to conquer the world again. And again, in the background, Lewis plays the sort of subplot to the Tyson story where. Really, he deserves more credit than than what he gets. Maybe not so much that this fight in particular was quite one-sided, but the fact that what he did was... He says it himself, Lewis. Uh, he couldn't have said it better himself. He aged like a fine wine when it came down to his boxing career. You know, he wasn't he wasn't like Tyson. He wasn't always in the public eye all the time. He went about his business. he became champion. He got to the top of the mountain. And even still, when he goes to fight Tyson, people still go back to Tyson and go, well, yeah, he's the guy I'm favouring for this fight, despite the fact that he's past his best. He's way past his best. He's not the same fighter. He's clearly something going on outside of the ring. But yet people are still favouring him to win this fight against a much bigger, much more controlled and... A, a, an overall better skilled fighter at this point than, than a Mike Tyson. Well, Lewis was the first super heavyweight. No, I'm not a novice fight fan or and though I'm an amateur boxing fan, I'm not saying super heavyweight is in that. I'm saying like he was the first guy I truly remember being a massive guy outside of Riddick Bowe who was like talented. And I think that there's a, there's a thing about some of these great fighters, right? Andre Ward, tapped into this late in his career which made him the word brand where he kind of found an angle to kind of lean into but a guy like Andre Ward spent a lot of his career being let me just be a great boxer and let me stay grounded on my goals and it didn't connect with a ton of fans Lennox Lewis is let me be a great boxer let me be in the gym let me do this Terrence Crawford the sad truth is a lot of these all-time great guys don't connect until they have relevant wins I think what hurts Lewis is People really wanted to see Mike win this fight. And it's kind of one of those things where people, the Larry Holmes, all of the thing, there's there's these moments where I think collectively the fight fans want to see a guy win. And I think Lewis got some backlash for this fight because people were hoping their childhood would be extended. They wanted to see a Tyson win and Lewis winning. I think, sadly, it did Lewis no favors because I think he he emotionally hurt some people that were fans of Tyson. Well, the fight itself, of course, was quite one-sided. Mike Tyson, first couple of rounds came out quite active. A little bit of a Tyson of old, but I think it was quite evident early on that Lewis and his control and the game plan they had for Tyson was, it was a blueprint that they'd already has, you know, in, in the back pocket where he was able to use his physical advantages and the fact that he wasn't as shop-worn as Tyson at this part of his career to be able to dominate the fight and eventually stop him. And like you said about, you know, their childhood sort of dreams being ended, and it's like seeing Tyson getting knocked out, blooded over both eyes, blooded over the nose, the fight's over. I feel like that moment in time is a moment in time because you knew right there that was the end of Tyson. Despite the fact he does go on, of course, and has a couple of more fights following this, for me, that was the moment where it was over it was done I knew after seeing that fight Tyson was done so any nostalgic moments I'd had in 2002 looking back on the 90s and what my memories were of Tyson in the 90s if for me it all ended with that fight yeah it's it's over you know and I think that's what most people saw it was like for me Roy Jones Jr when he got knocked out by Tarver I was going to go to a house party 
I remember me and my buddy just sitting looking at the floor and we just, we didn't go out. And it's not that it's a fault of Tarver. It's not a fault of Lewis, but some of these fighters really mean a lot to us fight fans because they symbolize something. And I think that Tyson was someone that connected with a lot of people. And, you know, Lewis, to me, as I said, he's top five. You can make the case he's the best heavyweight ever. But the thing is, he didn't connect with the fans the way that the best fighters ever did. He didn't connect with them like Ollie or Joe Lewis. And this is a classic case where, you know, and then I think the other thing about Lewis is you don't want to sit up there and be Mr. Know-it-all boxing guy. Well, look at his accolades. Look at all that. Like, people want to see it and believe it. He's he's a good puncher, but he's a very systematic break-you-down guy. And that's not always the guy that's going to break, that, that the fans are going to draw to. So that pretty much brings uh, an end to this after show we've just given our thoughts it's a lot of nostalgia around this particular fight and i've really enjoyed cutting it up with yourself lukey and talking about this all over again and i hope that everybody else you guys have enjoyed listening to lukey i just want to get before we end it i just want to get some more final thoughts uh, a, a summary of what you would say the tale of lennox lewis and mike tyson is i would say it is the last modern great heavyweight but it is a journey that no one thought would end this way it was a fighter that most forgot about took a a rough road despite accolades fighting the most distinguished fighter and then the outcome was so unsatisfactory to most people I think people don't even acknowledge it as this was the greatest 90s heavyweight uh fighting a little later because I think people wanted it to be someone that wasn't Lennox Lewis in my opinion and there we go guys that is the end of this first after show talking about the tale of Lennox Lewis versus Mike Tyson. If you've enjoyed the after show and you've enjoyed mine and Lukey's conversation and you want to listen to more of what Lukey does, then you can find him at Lukey Boxing on Twitter or as it's known now, X. Find him on there. You can find his YouTube channel, Lukey Boxing, as well. I know some of you guys that listen to us have also gone and listened to Lukey and you really enjoy his stuff. So please make sure you do check him out on some of his big fight weekly stuff as well. He's got really great opinions on a lot of the stuff that we also cover. Please, if you've enjoyed this episode, let us know by dropping a comment below on Spotify. Let us know what you think of the episode, any thoughts, feelings, personal opinions, personal nostalgia around the Lewis Tyson fight. Drop it in the comments below on Spotify. If you are listening on YouTube, drop it in the comment below also on there. And please make sure you retweet, share, like on every platform. If you are on every platform, it would be really appreciated. I just want to say thank you as well to the patrons of the podcast. You will have got this episode completely ad-free for supporting us by being a member of patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast. And if you want to see what else we do offer on there, please go and check it out. We do have multiple tiers which offer different benefits. We would really appreciate the support if you can provide it to us. But a like and a share and a retweet and... Whatever else you can do on social to support us is also really appreciated. Well, that is it for this after show for Legendary Nights. We will be back next week with the next after show on the next tale on the Legendary Nights podcast. Oh, wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis. A right hand by Holyfield. By Boston Douglas. Look at this. He's not quite nice and down for the first time in his career. But unfortunately,
Unfortunately, it'll never happen. Front! Punches! And punches! And it's over! I think it's gonna be over. say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. Leak steps in and the fight is over. Oh! Podcast Network.